Like, when was your first period? No. (laughs) No. Late. (laughs) If you have, like, a question about, like... (laughs) You were average. Kimmy? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Were you early? (laughs) Average or late? I don't know. I was in eighth grade. Average. Average. Okay. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at We Explain Movies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. Hi. Hi. You're going to hear a lot of ice sounds. Yeah, we're doing Because we're jingling our coffee. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we're All the way. Drinking like ice coffee on this cold San Diego day. I know, it's cold. Anyways, what else is interesting is the movie we're doing this week. <laughs> Called Single All the Way. Yep, it's a Netflix Christmas original. Is it original Netflix? It's a Netflix original. It Netflix yeah. original. Keeping in tradition with our holiday spirit choices. Mm-hmm. You know, last year we did... What? My Santa. My Santa. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely on a different level than My Santa. Yeah. My I think Santa about My Santa a lot, up. though. <laughs> 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 Um, but before we get into, I almost called it my Santa, uh, Jingle All the Way. Single All the Way. Single All the Way. Uh, before we do that, what did you watch this week? Uh, let's start with some TV, because Kimmy's got some TV ready to go. Yeah, I really haven't watched as much since last time we recorded, but I have started to, and mostly finished really, um, because it's so short, the rewatch of Barry. What inspired you? I saw a clip of that, that's so funny that you asked me that, because exactly this is I thought maybe it was seeing Stephen Root and Macbeth. Oh, no. no <laughs> or no. seeing that scene from Macbeth that Barry does. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I, wa- I watched a clip uh, that came up where it's in season two and they're doing, like, the original pieces of their lives and he, like, oh, figures out how to act and he turns around he's like, why are you dancing like that? You look like a whore. Oh, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh. that's definitely fucking good. You know? Bill Hader, man, is, like, really good. Yes. We game. all stand Barry over here. For yeah. sure. Can't wait for stand more. Barry. And that tall man. And I also started to watch that new HBO Max series called Station Eleven. Didn't know what it was going to be about. A plague. It's about <laughs> a fucking about? plague. It's yeah. about... And honestly, like, why the fuck did I watch that last night? And I woke up this morning, like, I'm having anxiety. Think... And I'm calling my sister. <laughs> I'm shocked they made it, because that book came out a long time ago. And so it's like, you didn't need to make this. Especially <laughs> right now. You didn't need to make it during COVID times. But I'm still... I'm going to watch it. I, I would like, love to hear yeah. your thoughts, because the way that they're telling the story, sometimes I don't know what's going on. And it's making me frustrated. Because <laughs> I'm like intrigued. It's really like it, it's interesting. I want to yeah. know what's going to happen and stuff. But by, they have three episodes. And by the time I got to like the middle of the third episode, I was like, I think I need to watch this another day. Oh, okay. You know, because yeah. it was too hard. And that's all I watched for TV. I haven't watched this per se. But I think it would be a nice little shout out to the boys over at Take 3 to let them know. I've been meaning to text them about this. I just haven't, so they're going to find out here as a little surprise. (laughs) 
I decided to start listening to a Buffy rewatch podcast. <laughs> and it examines Buffy, the TV show, every episode from a critical feminist lens, which is really interesting. And um, it's just like revamping me up for this potential episode that we're going to put together together with me and the boys about Buffy. Oh. And we've just kind of been like shooting back and forth about if we want to do it, when we want to do it. We haven't really talked about when we're going to do it, but, you know, I'm already preparing, boys, so... You're like, I'm already doing the take three. I'm already doing it. (laughs) Do you want to shout out and make friends with the other podcast? What's it called? Oh, I'm scared. They're... They're scared. (laughs) They're so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Kimmy, this is how we make friends. I know, and and they have a TikTok and stuff, so they are, like, crushing the game. (laughs) It's um, it's called Prophecy Girls, a Buffy Rewatch podcast. That's a good name. And it's, um, I, they're, like, super critical of the series, which is really interesting because it's, you know, questions and concerns that I have as a fan, but, you know, knowing about all the misgivings of it being a show created in, starting in 1997, and... Mm -hmm. You know, examining it from a very modern lens, there's a lot of problematic shit about it. So that's really fun to listen to. I literally have it on like 24-7 <laughs> because I want to get through it all. Mm. Um, and I love Buffy and I'm excited to deep dive sometime in the near distant future with Nick and Jordan. Exciting. That is exciting. So as far as TV goes, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this Sex and the City reboot oh. because even if it sucks butts... It's going to give me serotonin because I love Sex and the City, and at least I'll get to be with my old pals. Um, The first episode was so fucking cringe, I, like, can't even explain how cringe. They mentioned the pandemic, like, six times. That was the first line of the show. Oh, this is the the new show. The new show. New Mm. Sex and the City show called Sex and the Shitty? That's funny. (laughs) That's comedy. (laughs) I was going to say, it gives you serotonin. It gave Daniel testicular cancer. (laughs) Hey, one of the characters has testicular cancer. Oh, didn't he die? No, he's just missing a ball. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, now Daniel is too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it was super cringe. They talk about the pandemic like six times to be like, did you know we were in a pandemic? And then um, they talk about like podcasts. I'm like, oh my God, I get it. And then they're like, I need to check my Instagram. And then they're like... Some of the stuff they talk about, I'm like, that's great that you're bringing, you know, that you're talking about, like, transgender and, like, stuff like that that's important, but they're doing it in such a, like, we're woke type of way. It's because they had such problematic episodes in the past about bisexuality and transgendered people from what I've seen. It's like a whole, yeah. It definitely seems like they're trying to overcompensate to the point where, like, there's this character who is non-binary and they are just so, like, every word that comes out of their mouth, I'm like, oh my god, make it stop, it's so fucking cringe. They're just always, like, there's a line where they say, oh, and then I, I love going to the Mets games, because then you get to see, like, the chicks being like, is she one of us? And the dudes being like, is he one of us? And I just confuse everybody. And I'm like, I don't... <laughs> okay. I don't think non-binary people are out there being like, I just love confusing mm, people. That's exactly like the line from Endgame where the gay guy is like, how much we both miss the mess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you remember when... Yeah, I do. That's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons. It's Anthony or Joe, but he's like, yeah. we is talked it? about his job, my job, how much we miss the mess. Yeah. <laughs> that's what... Uh, you know, that's what, what gay people talk that's about. That's what woke culture is. Yeah. It's gay and non-binary folks loving the mess. <laughs> 
is the is the person who is playing the non-binary character actually non-binary? I would think so. I think they are. I can't tell, like, because I don't I don't know, but I think so. Um, but then there's also the whole the big of it all, which sorry, spoilers if you haven't already seen it on every fucking social media that exists, but Mr. Big dies in the first episode. And it it was very emotional, like she does a very good job of being sad as he dies. But there's just so much you have to get over to be sad because, one, she doesn't call 911 in the whole scene, and she just immediately goes to him and starts crying. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he's, oh, his eyes are open. He's, like, trying to speak to you. Why aren't you calling 911? And then also, the episode ends with her going, and just like that, Big died. And I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Isn't it called And Just Like yes. That? Yes, yeah, so oh, it's wow. like a title drop for, oh my god. So, that's super cringy. Uh, I watched the most recent episode, and it's, like, they're dealing with grief a lot and, like, how tough it is to, like, live after something so devastating, and I appreciate that part of it, but it's still so cringe. I'm enjoying it, but in a, crin- in a <laughs> but cringe But at what cost? Way. <laughs> at what cost, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then transitioning to what we all watched together, but before that, I went and saw The Eternals, so I'm all caught up on my Marvelness. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Go see it when it comes to Disney Plus because I don't yeah. think you guys are making it to the theater. I don't yeah. think so. I got I Doesn't got matter. Matrix to see. Um... Yeah, but does it really connect to what we're talking about next? No, it's just MCU stuff. So yeah, moving on. <laughs> we all saw Spider-Man. No way home. So good. <laughs> so good. I'm I'm hesitant to say anything about it because I. You know, I don't want to ruin anything. This isn't coming out until Christmas Eve. Okay. So if you haven't seen it by then, there's timestamps. Check them out. So spoilers ahead. Spoilers, spoilers ahead. Abound. Spoilers. Yeah. Skip ahead now. First of all, it's called Spider-Men. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> there's your spoiler. Yeah, I loved it with every fiber of my being. It was so nice to be back in the theater with that sort of experience and that high that we yeah. got. Yeah. Honestly, like, I can take a step back and say, is it a fucking work of art? Like, no. No, but do not. I love it? Yes. Was yeah. I going to like it regardless? Yes, 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. And everything that I wanted to happen was in the movie. Same. And yeah. I was never not going to like it, honestly. I yeah. will say another thing. So, like, two things that affected this experience for me in a positive way. One, like I told you guys, I was having a bad day. So, I was like, I'm ready to get turned tonight. And two, the theater was packed and everyone was hooting and hollering. So, I feel like those two things, I was like, I'm living. I'm yeah. living. Uh, so, like, my movie watching experience, 11 out of 10, and the mm-hmm. movie itself, I, I haven't decided. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see it again, where it's, like, now the intensity of the first watch has worn off, and I'll probably not be drinking the second time, so, like, <laughs> then I can take a step back and be like, how did I feel about this as a piece of art? But I had such a fun time. Oh, I'm not even in that mood yet. No, so when I rated it and liked it and all that stuff, I was like, I had a grand old night yeah. tonight, guys, yeah. um, and I really did. The rest of it... Just fan service out the wazoo. What's not fan, to love? Yeah. What's I think not my review was going to be, I, I've been off of Letterboxd for like forever, but my review that I had in my head was, I was like, fan service is alive and well. Yeah. It's like, it, that's what it was. I it never, felt good. Sometimes like when I see fan service, I'm like, okay, that's kind of cheap, you know? Mm. But I ate that shit up this time. Like every bit of fan service, I was like, that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. I think a big part of it too is the year we've had. <laughs> I was I was saying the same. That, that's thing. all we I need. We deserve it. We deserve it. This was like, all right, we're all here together. Everything's perfect. Everything's grand. Let's well, come back. And this also felt like the first one that we've had post pandemic that was everyone wants to fucking see it. Yeah. Like Black Widow. I feel like every woman who loves Marvel wanted to see that. Not to say men didn't, but like different. Yeah. 
Shang-Chi, again, lots of people wanted to see it, but I think it was a lot of, like, Asian-American people were like, I can't wait to go see that. And this one was like, every fucking Marvel fan's been waiting for this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a huge turnout. They gave us just the right amount, I think, with the trailer to know that it's all the villains from different universes, and then we get to obviously wait in anticipation for that portal to open and out walks Andrew Garfield. I love that they started with him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he kind of... He was the standout in that movie for me. Oh, he, he was so, so pure and just charismatic yes. and perfect. Walking yes. to the car with Kimmy after the validation. I mean, Kimmy, I have a big crush on Andrew Garfield, I think. Especially after just watching Tick, Tick, Boom yeah, and yeah. seeing that. I was like, damn, I'm happy for your comeback, Andrew. I love his comeback. He now gets to live that part again, and I thought they did it so well. And of course... In a meaningful way. A meaningful way. That scene with MJ, oh. every, every day. That was like the, the best, best part of the movie. movie. Best what? part of the movie. Yeah. I wanted that to happen so bad. Yeah. Like, when I saw that part in the trailer where she's falling, I was like, if if Andrew Garfield is in that movie, I hope he gets to save yeah. her. And yeah. it's kind of like a redemption. And that literally fucking happened. Like, what the fuck? And the fact that Tom... Tom, that, you know, our Peter, the the Peter in our universe, that he sees her and he physically can't do anything about it. Like, he could have had the same fate Mm -hmm. as poor Andrew, but then he gets... Also just, yes, all those parallels, because obviously they're in parallel universes, but just everything with Aunt May... Everything that God happened, yeah. There's there's didn't spoilers everywhere, but no, yeah. didn't either. But also, like at that point, I was like, Marvel will go there. I truly yeah. thought they killed Toby when Greg got him. I was like, no, I know. Uh, really happy that didn't that didn't happen. Same. And then he's just like, I've been stabbed. I've been stabbed before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we loved No Way Home, and ex- so excited for Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing I watched, I didn't tell the girls yet, and like I said, I'm behind on Letterboxd, so they wouldn't know. I watched this yesterday, The Old Charlie's Angels. Love it. Mm, I love it. And I was having, like, a really roller coaster of an experience, because I haven't watched it in a while, and I was, like, kind of getting emotional for some parts because of just, like, how much it meant to me as a kid, and the more that I thought about it, I was like, because the movie's not perfect, but, like... Watching it, it, I was having the time of my life. I'm like, to me it is. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, badass women in film that we had to look up to when we were younger, and I'm like, why do I feel like this was the only one? And it's because so many of the badass women in film are in rated R movies. Mm. So it's like, I wasn't watching The Matrix. I wasn't watching Terminator. I wasn't watching, yeah, Alien. Like, all these things I wasn't allowed to watch. So this is like... These were, like, the only women I had to look up to who were, like, badass. Yeah. And so it's very special to me. And I know that it's very special to you guys. So I just had this moment of, like, it's not perfect, but that's, like, what every... I feel like a lot of girls our age... That's what we had. And like it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, we want to be, like, cute yeah. and sexy and badass. I love all the costumes in that. The fight yeah. sequences are They're grand. always in costume, yeah. like, fucking with stupid guys. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's so fun. Sweet. That's what we watched. Let's do questions. I'm excited. Me too. Okay, first question, because single all the way is about gay men, and so, therefore, question is, favorite LGBTQ plus film? Cool, Kayleen, I don't know why you're pausing. You demanded to go first. Go ahead. (laughs) I called dibs because I have one answer, but I also know that you guys already probably know what it is. It's Call Me By Your Name, and I know, you guys, I know. I know that it's harder to watch now, and I haven't watched it since the controversy about... Army Hammer, but I love it. And you know what? I already own it on DVD. I owned it before all that stuff came out. So now, if I watch it however many times I want, he's not getting any money for it. (laughs) So, I don't care. 
I'm going to still watch it. I still love it. I'm not going to deprive myself of that Michael Stolberg monologue. I'm not going to deprive myself of Timmy crying in front of a fire. I love it so much. And that's my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, I have two honorable mentions and then a real answer. Um, (laughs) um, My honorable mention is The Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch because Alan Turing was a gay man and that's a huge plot point of it but beyond that he was a hero he saved millions of lives and it's just really sad plot line of what he goes through as a gay man living in England throughout the 40s to I think 60s but it's it's a really beautiful movie and then my next one is Beginners because that's a beautiful it's a beautiful story about Christopher Plummer not realizing and not coming to terms with his sexuality until his late 80s and he has just the sweetest romance throughout it and his son Ewan McGregor is so supportive and it's just like a beautiful love story amongst father and son this new couple a blossoming relationship between Ewan and Melanie Laurent and so it's just heartwarming and there's this really beautiful monologue in it cuz the whole thing is kind of told with um like overlays of images and videos that you're watching as you and narrates and they go through what each color in the LGBTQ flag means and oh. how it was designed and how it was like mass produced over time and That's so cool. it's got a lot of history but it's also super sentimental and I love it. And then my real answer which I've only seen once but we're just throwing it out there is Portrait of a Lady on Fire because I really want to rewatch it but I don't know if I'm ready because <laughs> mm. I also like feel like I have it memorized. I saw it one time yeah. and I can like remember beat for beat everything that happens and I really, really, really want to just live in that film and just watch it a billion times because it's so women-centric. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to have a female director behind it. So yeah, Portrait of Lady on Fire. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows. I do. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking Everyone good. knows. Good fucking <laughs> so, yeah. movie. That's my answer. My answer is Brokeback Mountain. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love that Duh. Movie. Not stealing that from you. <laughs> Damn. I fucking love that movie. Good answer. So good. Yeah, I have nothing to say. I don't know why that escaped my brain entirely. It's a stellar film. Well, I put, I put Portrait of a Lady on Fire as my honorable mention, too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good. And that's a good fucking film, too. Yeah. Okay, second question. The question is, favorite side character appearance by a high-profile actor? So this doesn't mean cameo. Yeah. It means that the actor is credited in the film, and they're, like, somewhat of a significant part, but they're kind of, like... Maybe a, a high-profile draw to the I was film. Okay, draw, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so my first honorable mention because I watched it this morning Ooh. is Little Women, mm. and I'm feeling like Laura Dern here. But also, if you really think about it, Saoirse Ronan and Florence Pugh are the lead March sisters, and yeah. then, but it's also like we got Emma Watson, who people are going to see it for. We got Eliza Scanlon, who people are seeing it for, and then of course you got Meryl Streep. Yeah. Who. Yes, these actors are, like, aging, and so they're not going to be these ingenue protagonists anymore, but I still love it, and Marmy is just a phenomenal character, and she makes me cry. She's very good. Um, and then my next honorable mention, this one, I think, was a surprise to me. It's, it's falling in the vein of, like, a stacked cast, so it's Knives Out. Oh. Because when you watch the trailer for that, it's all these characters, and honestly, Armas hadn't really, like, hit the scene yet. Mm-hmm. She wasn't as well-known as she is now, and so you go and you watch it, and suddenly she is the lead, and that wasn't really divulged in the trailer. So, yeah, you go see it for, like, the Jamie Lee Curtis and the Michael Shannon. Yeah. I think Michael Shannon is, like, my favorite side character in that, but also Christopher Plummer, because um, I just watched that this week as well. My real answer is so slutty. Twilight? No. It's Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Second spoiler timestamps are here. <laughs> so if you still have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, there's spoilers right now. That's funny. Because, yeah, the draw was that you're seeing Willem Dafoe reprising Green Goblin. You're seeing Alfred Molina reprising... 
Dr. Octavius. And so you go see it for all those, but really you see it knowing that you're gonna get Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. And it's just so cool that they were, they're doing exactly what you're saying. They're playing side characters. Mm -hmm. They're playing the side Spider-Man. They're his support. And even especially that one part where... Toby reluctantly agrees to be Spider-Man 2, and Andrew just goes, Spider-Man 3, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. My, I thought of a better answer, but like, I don't love either of my answer. I'm just like blanking on this question for some reason, but my first really stupid answer, it was more just like, it was a character that was misadvertised as a bigger part, mm. and then it was like, what the fuck? It's for Godzilla when Brian Cranston's barely in it and then oh. dies. And it's like, <laughs> excuse me, what? <laughs> um, but then my, re- quote, real answer is I thought of um, the parents from Easy A, like Stanley Tucci nice. and Patricia Clarkson being there. It just elevates the movie so much. All their scenes are so good. It does. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely piggybacking on that. I had a really, really hard time with this question, and honestly, I don't think my answer is as far as the question, (laughs) because this actor was not the draw of the film. I didn't even know he was going to be in it, but he kind of made the film for me. I left it out of the, what we watched this week, but the other day I watched The Night Before. Oh! Oh. Michael Shannon! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude! Michael Shannon is the fucking standout of that movie. He is, he is. (laughs) That's so funny. He's amazing. I had that exact same experience. Is that your first time watching it? Yeah, I've never seen it before. Oh, I love the night before. And I watched it on your recommendation, but you never mentioned Michael Shannon. (laughs) Yeah. He's the ghost. Yeah, I know. He's like an angel at the end. Yeah, he sprouts fucking wings. I was like, what am I watching? What am I watching? Yeah, that's good. And he's like uber serious about the weed. It's just like, it's so fucking funny. It's so funny. Yeah. I love that man. I I'm love sorry him too. to be an asshole, but I just thought of another good one. Zoe Deutsch in Zombieland 2. Yes. Oh. Yes. She's so funny. Yeah, that's She's a like great the best one. part of that movie. She is. And that's cool. it. Nice. This is short and sweet. Short we're and we're sweet. well on our way. So, speaking of well on our way, yeah. single all the way. <laughs> Going all the way. Oh, Kimmy. It's I'm a, a transition thing. master. <laughs> Let me show you a picture of the peoples for our little guessing game, and then I'll give you predictions. You know what's slutty is I'm the one who suggested this, and you guys won't even let me watch the trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, okay, Courtney, here's why. As the movie goes on, every time we say anything, you're going to be able to fucking predict the entire movie, because okay. it's so predictable. Yeah. And if Twists I show you the- Twists and turns are not the high point of this movie. Okay. And if I show you the trailer, you're going to be like, I know the whole movie. Yeah. So, okay. That's fair. Here's one of the posters. <laughs> That's what I get. I thought I was going to get like at well, least. Well, no, no. This is for the scene. <laughs> this is for the guessing game. Oh, okay. Man in the middle and man to the right are the two leads. How old oh. do you think they are? Who's the guy on the left? Just wondering. He's another person in the movie, but I don't know how old he is. Okay. 3317. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guy in the middle plays the character of Nick. Same age as me and Kimmy. Okay, 27. But I just, that like shook me. I oh, I like, said 37 guys... or 33? You said yeah. 33, yeah. I was yeah. like, the, the, both men seem like they're in their 30s to me. No, and then... I, to be honest, they both look 24 to me. <laughs> like I've been... Other guy was born in 1980. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> 41? Not crazy. The one I said was 17. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I looked at both of these men's um, IMDb credits from the past, and um, the one in the middle, this is like his third credit. Yeah, yeah. And the other guy's has quite a bit of credits. Because he's been alive since the dinosaurs. <laughs> and film <laughs> wasn't I mean, as far back as like one of his, one of the few first credits that he has I is, Love Lucy. <laughs> he's, um... No, the Andy, the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> 
His character is Pig Walker in Uptown Girls. Oh, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> I know exactly who that is. Okay. That was really interesting. What's his name? Do you have that off the top of your head? Yes, so I do. Peter? No, no, the uh, okay, actor. Oh, Michael Yuri. Oh, okay. Right? The name sounded familiar to me, too, but I was like, maybe it's just because Brendan Yuri. Yeah. Okay, so some, some deets I think we can give you. You've seen, like, pictures of the people. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Coolidge is in it as, like, Peter. So Peter's the lead, Michael Yuri. That's his aunt. And you know that Kathy Najimy's in the film. That's, That's his, his mom? mother. Okay. Oh, those two are deaf sisters. They're mm-hmm. sisters. They so look, sweet. When we were watching it, we were like, they literally look like fucking sisters. Yeah, they, I they totally looks... believe it. And then Nick, so the man who's our age, okay, he is like his roommate. And they've been friends forever since oh. they both moved to LA. Are they both gay? Yes, they're both gay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> and the whole... <laughs> <laughs> premise of the movie is that his family, every time he comes home for the holidays, is like, why don't you have a boyfriend? Meh, 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 meh. And so they're trying to set him up this holiday season with Hottie McCotster, who was the third person in that photo. Okay. Where are you going? <laughs> uh, they go on dates, they don't go well, he comes home and complains to his friend, and then him and his friend fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing that they're not gonna, they're not gonna see eye to eye on things, they're gonna have totally clashing personalities. The family's like, but he's so hot. And then he's like, well, look at Todd here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nick, was that his name? Nick. Nick is his friend. Yeah. Peter, Nick, and what's the other one's James. name? James. James. Okay. Yeah. It's Nick's the, the winner. <laughs> okay, the movie opens. <laughs> Can I guess what, uh, I want to guess what Christmas things will happen. Kathy and Jennifer like to go caroling. So they're okay. going to go caroling. I'm thinking that James is going to be like a sporty gay. And he's going to be like, let's go ice skating and... Peter is like a twink and he can't. Listeners, <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> like, tri- we're both like hiding our faces in our hands. He's like tripping all over the place. And so then he comes home, but then uh, sweet, sweet Nick is there like with a, a welcome hug and a cup of hot chocolate. Disgusting! And <laughs> he like offers that to him. That's, that's the movie. That's it. There's no more games or things to predict. No. Okay. Guess, ooh, guess what the mom's name is. It's a Christmas-themed name. Carol. Oh, my God. <laughs> How did you guess it? That's... Why, why wouldn't it be Carol? How did you, you even, like, go for Noel? You just went straight for fucking Carol. Oh, my God. That's why to they like honest, to sing. Though, to be honest, there's even a joke about that later, and I did not catch that that was a play on words. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> That's really funny. That is fucking annoying. Oh my god. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, you can open. Let's do it. Alright. The movie opens. We open on a Christmas-themed photo shoot. Aw. All the models are men, and the main thing about the photo shoot is the that... photo shoot? Okay, I have typos in my notes. <laughs> You're laughing at photo shoe? Because she voice texted Is it, it shoe like S-H-O-E? Oh, yeah. that's funny. Honestly, a lot of my T's did not make it into photo the voice text. Maybe that's teaching you as an actor to enunciate. I guess it is, yeah. All the models are men, and the main thing about the photo shoot is that they all have these shaving cream beards. Oh, cute. Oh. Our main character, Peter, who's played by Michael Yuri, is viewing the photo shoot proofs through the monitor. He also doesn't seem very passionate about the work at all. Hmm. 
the model's agent is sitting nearby and he says that his clients are getting antsy, Peter, but Peter kind of like placates them. He's like, you guys, you can all go. We can all go to Josh and Philip's party after once we finally get the shot. The agent asks him if he's going to go to the party with Nick. And he says, yes, and also with my boyfriend. The agent seems surprised that he's bringing up a boyfriend. Uh, he tells them that they've been dating for three months and 22 days, but who's counting? Um, we get the title card here, and there's an arrow. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> single all the way. Single all the way. Single oh balls God. the game. There's an Jingle my balls, I'm gay. This is happening in LA, and we just thought it would be important to know that um, there's a massive billboard in this aerial shot of sharp objects. The oh same, my god! The same one that's right behind your this television. This was filmed in 2018. I guess. Oh my god! It must have been languishing in like production hell. Well, maybe that's hysterical. I know. Uh, it's that billboard. It's I think it one. literally looks just like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, and it's it's super green, and it like sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And you're like. That is a billboard of sharp objects. I'm going to watch yeah. this movie just for that. <laughs> yeah. You only have to watch for like five minutes. But yeah, so. then I'm going to tap out. <laughs> um, Peter is back in his apartment now. He's getting ready for the party tonight, which is a Christmas-themed plaid-wearing event. Cute. You have to wear plaid. He's trying to get off the phone with his boss, and he walks into this rather large living room in his L.A. apartment. It's completely filled with every plant imaginable. Mm. It's basically a greenhouse. Like, there's so many plants. That's fun. Yeah. He starts watering the plants, who he cares for very much. He seems to have, like, an extensive relationship <laughs> with all these plants, and he's talking to them lovingly, which is something that you are supposed to do to your plants. They all have names. Um, just then, the apartment door opens, and a yellow lab bounds inside to greet Peter. This dog's name is Emmett, and uh, it's Nick's dog. So Nick mm. is his roommate, the but, one that they... And a Twilight fan. <laughs> what? <laughs> Twilight fan? <laughs> yeah, Emmett. <laughs> Um, and this is played by Philemon Chambers. That's Philemon. the dog's name. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Philemon Chambers plays Nick. Okay. And that's the one that Kimmy said um, he has like two credits on IMDb. He's like two other credits. Cool. Yeah, so okay. he's like pretty new. So good for him for getting like a cool Netflix movie. Um, yeah, so Nick has been doing task rabbit jobs. And he's like, well, I'm too tired to go to the party. I've been doing, like, random stuff all day, like, these jobs and stuff. And so he tries to get out of going to the party, but Peter's like, I won't have it. And he predicts that Nick is going to say he has nothing to wear. So he's like, I already hung up an outfit for you. And he's like, damn, you know me too well. And so they do have to go together. Ha they're in love. Tricked you. I tricked you. I tricked you. Um, at the party, we get some... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so... I it said, I did this in voice text. I'm aware. What did you do? <laughs> it says, what I wrote is, at Josh and Philip's party, we get some exposition. But it's literally the letter X and then position. <laughs> I like that. Some capital X position. That's my favorite sex position. That's X position. <laughs> you did X position, didn't you? Where I get to learn about your past. <laughs> 
Oh man. What's your favorite position? Exposition. <laughs> I'm a really big movie person. I'm gonna say that from now on. I'm gonna too. Yeah. yeah. So funny. Exposition. Exposition. Um, Nick and Peter have been friends for nine years. We find out through this exposition. And it's around the anniversary of their friendship. Josh and Philip at the party, the, the guys who are throwing the party, comment on how good of best friends they are and like they're jealous and they they know each other pretty well, but they wish they had like a best friend relationship like that. Um, the agent that we saw from the shoot earlier enters and goes, ho, ho, ho's. He asks Peter where his boyfriend is and he's like, oh, he's still at the hospital because he's a cardiologist. But right as he's saying that, his boyfriend walks in, who's smoking hot, and his name is Tim. And so Peter kind of like waves him in, and uh, the agent sees him, and he goes, "What do I have to do to get cardiac arrested?" <laughs> I thought that was a great joke. And Peter just kind of rolls his eyes and drinks his drink as Tim approaches. Uh, later on at the party, Peter is with Tim, and Peter's taking pictures of some of the plant arrangements at the party. And he talks about how he has a separate uh, Instagram account for his plant account. Tim tells him how much he loves it, that he loves plants. And Peter says that he loves how much he loves hearts. <laughs> Tim tells him, yeah, it's kind of my job to love hearts. And Peter says, well, maybe one day my job will be to love plants, too. Oh, my gosh. Of course. You can open a greenhouse at the end of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Courtney. <laughs> Um, they talk about how he wishes that they were spending the Christmas time together, um, because Peter's going to be going back to New Hampshire to see his family. And he says that, well, I'm actually, like, really excited to go home for Christmas, because Christmas is really important to my family, it's a very exciting time of the year, and this time I won't be the single one, because I'm always the single one every year, and it's always a topic of conversation. And then he's like, couldn't you please come meet my family, please, and, like, we could spend... Christmas together, and, and Tim kind of, like, is like, well, okay, okay, yeah, let's meet your family, let's deck the halls together. The next day, at a coffee shop, Peter FaceTimes his entire family, every single family member, to tell them how excited he is to come and- Oh my god, is Tim cheating on him? <laughs> <laughs> Courtney? excited he is to come home and and he's trying to see what he should get them all for Christmas and we kind of established a little bit of, of about <laughs> exposition spelled correctly <laughs> about the family with each phone call just like who character is but the bottom line is that they're all so excited to have Peter back and the family is clearly very close and they talk about how single Peter is he has a dad a mom who like we said is played by Kathy and Jimmy and two sisters, one is named Ashley, who has a new makeup line called Farm on My Face. It's called that because it's farm on my face. It's farm <laughs> friendly, and so she's like, it's all like sustainable, so I'm calling it Farm on My Face. Wow, that's like worse than goop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, he also has another sister named Lisa, who's played by Jennifer Robertson, who plays Jocelyn Shit on Shit's Creek. Meanwhile, Nick is doing a task rabbit job hanging this woman's Christmas lights, and she talks about 
like how the last they they're glad that he could come and do the job because the last guy fell and died. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> when her husband shows up, it's him. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that cheating bastard would be our house. I knew he would break my heart. You got it. I knew it. As soon as you said that Nick was hanging lights. It is Tim. It's yeah, Tim. I'm not surprised. Peter's boyfriend. Wow, what a dink. Yeah. He's a shit. And that dink. Nick realizes who it is and he gets a sad look on his face knowing that he'll have to tell Peter later. Yeah. And what's weird is that we never get them doing the confrontation face to face. It just cuts to Peter on the phone with someone who we assume is Tim and he's yelling about how he's married and mm. we're over. The movie's like, we gotta make him single and make it quick, okay? Nick comforts Peter and tries to commiserate with him, and Peter talks to his plants about how he's on his own again and how how one of his plants in particular is a type of plant that was supposed to bring him luck. Um, The next day, Peter is super overpacking for his trip to go home when Nick walks in, and Peter sarcastically entertains the idea of leaving L.A. and living at home with his family, where he can open his plant store and be a gay uncle and be a plant lady for the rest of his life, because the gay population in his hometown of New Hampshire is next to zero. He even says... I want to be the town gay. <laughs> have you ever... Maybe this is a real thing, but I fucking hate it. He calls himself the gunkle. Oh, yeah, That's gunkle. gay uncle. Yeah, I just don't like that word. I Sorry. Like it either. sounds gross. I think there's even, like, a book called gunkle. Or a movie called I it. I hate <laughs> it. And he says it more than once. I'm like, stop saying it. When will we get the gaunt? <laughs> the gaunt? Or lot? Is the lot? The lot? <laughs> And Nick is like, you know what? Maybe it's not LA that's a problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nuzzin. Your non-binary cousin. I love it. I love it. Nuzzin. I love Nuzzin. See, Gunkle sucks. Nuzzin is cool. Yeah, Nuzzin's good. <laughs> I love that. Um, where was I? <laughs> Nick is like, maybe it's not L.A. that's the problem. Maybe it's that you always are just picking bad guys, which, like, fair. Don't blame it on a city. Mm -hmm. And Peter is like, you know what? I have the best idea, Nick. You should come home with me for the holidays to celebrate Christmas with me and my family. And we can pretend that after all these years we fell in love so that they don't have to think that I'm single on Christmas again. We also find out that Nick lost his mom at some point, oh. and so it seems like he doesn't really ever go anywhere for Christmas, so he's he's free to go with Nick. Like or Abby with in Happiest Season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nick says he's going to be doing solo Christmas staycation, and he won't be alone because he has his dog, and he's also like, I have these TaskRabbit jobs, so like, it's fine, you don't need to invite me to come with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, but Peter is like, you shouldn't be alone with all those sad feelings. Like, I feel like Christmas is so sad for you. And that's silly, and I want you to come with me. And um, Nick is like, well, but the plane ticket's going to be expensive. And Peter's like, well, what about all the money you have from your book? And we find out that Nick is a children's book writer, and he wrote a book about his dog, Emmett. Aww. And he made, like, a bunch of money from it, and he's never spent it. And so it's just, like, sitting in a savings account. Is it called Emmett and Gunkle? It's called (laughs) Saving Emmett. Saving Emmett, because he's an adopted dog. <laughs> it's about how he, like, saved Emmett's life. It's really sweet. Stop. They read the parts of the book, and it's like, we were like, oh my god. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's very sweet, but that was, like, his only book. So he has that money stashed up, but then he does Task Rabbit, obviously, for, like, um, usable income. And they talk about how he's had writer's block, and he's not been able to write another book. 
But they finally agree, and they're like, you know what? And they, he decides he's going to go. They arrive in New Hampshire, and they drive to Peter's family's house. When they pull up to the house, Peter's mom has a bunch of these really, like, kitschy signs, the kind that you buy at, like, a winery. That Live, laugh, like, love. Those yeah. type of shit. Yeah. But it's mostly little puns about stuff. Yeah. And it even, they talk about how this holiday season, his mom wants to be called Christmas Carol, which is apparently the joke that went yeah. over Kimmy's head. totally went over my head. I thought just... You thought it was just Christmas Kimmy? Like, yeah, Christmas, Christmas Kimmy. Kimmy. <laughs> yeah. Not that it was, like, about Christmas carols. Like, I want to be called Christmas Courtney. Christmas <laughs> Courtney. Yeah. Yeah, and so she's got these, like, little puffy earmuffs that have little reindeer um, antlers on them, and she, like, has some for them. So she's just, she's very into it, but... Yeah. Unlike a lot of Christmas movies where I feel like, you know, we have the worky McWorkster who only likes work and hates his small town. He's actually into it. Like, yeah. They go along with it. They're cute. They're respectful. And they're like, yeah, we love Christmas. I mean, they're going to move there by the end of the normal. movie. Yeah. That's <laughs> where he's going to end up. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with this writer's block? <laughs> he's going to write a story called Chuggy Christmas. <laughs> Chuggy Christmas. He's, oh, he's going to write a book called Christmas Carol and it's about Carol. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Inside, Peter and Nick don't even get a chance to reveal their secret plan about them pretending to be in a relationship before Christmas Carol reveals that her early present to Peter, her son, is that she set him up on a blind date with her new spin class trainer. She's kind of persuading him to go on this blind date, and she kind of mentions how she always wondered why him and Nick never got together. And Peter's annoyed because he's like, just because you found one single gay guy in town doesn't mean that we're right for each other. And also, Nick and him are just friends. Peter's unpacking and he complains to Nick about the whole blind date situation. And he's kind of upset that Nick is trying to get him to go. Because Nick's like encouraging him to see how it goes. He's like, well, you never know. But Peter's like, I don't know why you're on their side. Like, I don't want... He's up just so upset about them being like, being single is bad, you know? Okay. And his sisters end up showing up at the house with their husbands and their kids. Lisa, um, she has two teen girls, and Ashley has these two young boys. So, like, when we get to my section of the notes, I only refer to them as nieces and nephews. Mm Because it's like, the nieces are sisters, the nephews are brothers. Okay. And we find out that the boys are huge fans of Saving Emmett. And they find out that he wrote it, and they're like, oh my god, is Emmett here? And he's like, oh no, he's like at the doggy hotel. And they're, like, they're just going on and on about, like, stuff from the book, and they think it's amazing, and they love it so much. It's very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Everyone's in the kitchen having dinner, and Lisa talks about how her girls have it so easy this year for the Christmas pageant, because for the first time, Aunt Sandy is directing it. And they're, like, they kind of talk about Aunt Sandy in a way where um, Kathy Najimi, so Peter's mom, is, like, talking about her having this off-Broadway career, but it's clear that what Aunt Sandy thinks her career was and what it actually was is not the same. Okay. Like, Aunt Sandy thinks she's the fucking hottest shit, like, she should have won a Tony, all this crazy stuff, and apparently she was the understudy to Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. And that's yes, all she she'll be. ever fucking talk about. <laughs> um, so now she's directing the Christmas pageant, and it's, like, become her thing. Okay. So Aunt Sandy shows up, and she's singing Joy to the World. Of course, it's Jennifer Coolidge. Can she sing? No. Okay. But it's her being like, yes, I can! (laughs) Um, And Nick kind of reveals to everyone about Peter going on the blind date. And he kind of is, like, thinking all this stuff is funny, because he's never been around the family for this kind of stuff before. So he's, like, antagonizing the situation to get everyone to be like, oh, my God, he's going on a date. And Sandy goes, what, like, from Grindr? 
And Peter's like, no, mom is setting me up on a date. And so, yeah, everyone's super excited. They're so excited about Peter going on this date. However, the two teen girls are like, because they think that Nick and Peter should be together. And they're kind of making eyes like, um, what the fuck? Why aren't they together? Okay. Peter wakes up the next morning to Nick knocking on his window. So he's like up on a ladder on the second story, knocking on his window to get his attention, which is pretty cute. And apparently he woke up early and he's helping Peter's dad hang Christmas lights. And so that's what he's doing up on the ladder. And Nick tells him that Peter's mom promised to kill him if he didn't wake Peter up on time for his date because Peter slept in since he's on vacation. And he finds out, yeah, he's like, gotta be there pretty soon. And he's not even awake or ready to go. So Peter shows up at spin class because that's where the mom that met this guy. He's the spin instructor. Mm. And while he's waiting for the class to be over, he gets some of the proofs sent to his phone from the photo shoot. And he's scrolling through them. And we have a cute little nod here, which I was living for, where he's looking at the photos and he's displeased. And he's like, flame, flames on the side of my face, flames, which is from Clue. And it's like a, it's a really famous part from Clue where Mrs. White finds out about an affair and she's like, Oh, I, I remember that. She's yeah. got the short hair, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Fl- flames on the side of my face. So he does that. I thought it was pretty cute. Peter's mom introduces him to her spin instructor, James, who runs up in like slow-mo and Peter is like so overwhelmed with how actually hot he is. He's yeah. so stereotypical. Yeah, he's yeah, very he's a- quintessential hunky, gay, buff trainer <laughs> yes. guy. He looks like almost Swedish. They kind of have like a nice introduction. Like it's mm-hmm. very normal and fun. Like not awkward or anything. And mm-hmm. they make it work. And they agree to go get a cup of coffee together. James tells Peter that he lives in this town because last season he had a job as a ski instructor. <laughs> Which you fucking guessed. That he was like he's 40. Like jo- yeah, he's a jock. And he loved it, but it was hard to shuttle back and forth to his real job at, at the gym in Boston. It's hard to go from one sporting activity center to another. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like that, and so he decided to move to New Hampshire for this ski instructor job, and he also does the gym job, too, full-time. And Darn, so are it. we going skiing instead of ice skating? Yeah. yeah. Pretty close, though. Yeah, it is. But James says, you know, the gay dating app radius is kind of a joke, but now here you are. The next part of their date, they decide to pick up a real Christmas tree to replace the ugly, fake white one that Peter's mom had decided to put up that year. Hmm. I'd be kind of pissed. I love fake Christmas trees. If my son was like, no, I brought this dirty one in with all these spiders and sap, I'd be like, (laughs) um, this is my home. (laughs) I I didn't really think about it before until I was doing the notes, but I think it has to do with his character loving plants. That's true. Oh, true. However, I never thought about spiders being in Christmas trees, so new fear unlocked. Thanks, Kaylee. (laughs) (laughs) I found I Christmas that's you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Honestly, I've never, I've never heard of that. No. Why would they be up there? Because <laughs> it was outside. I'm so sad. <laughs> wow. That's awful. Wow. Um, they're kind of bashful around each other and flirty, and ultimately their date went really well. Back at Peter's family's house, everybody is wrapping presents in separate rooms, which Lisa thinks is ridiculous, but she chalks it up to one of the many family Christmas traditions that their family has to do, even though it's silly. And Nick offers to go and get wine to make the situation a little bit better. It's just very helpful. Peter and Nick actually run into each other at the grocery store. They're both picking up alcohol. (laughs) Peter tells Nick that he didn't have a bad time on the date, and he's surprised 
though, that this is, like, how he's spending his holiday at his family's, like, town, that he didn't expect that, and he's kind of missing out on spending time with his actual family. They rush home to sneak the real tree into the house so that the mom doesn't know. When Peter's mom does discover that they are getting rid of her fake tree, Peter is like, I'll do it all myself. I promise I'll be the one to water the tree and, like, pick up all the freaking pine needles and stuff. Like, I'll, I'll deal with it. And he kind of, like, softens the blow by telling her that the date went well. So she's distracted. And that does actually make her very excited. She even, like, jumps around. And she's like, oh, my God, maybe then it'll give you a reason to move back home. Because you'll have James here. And then you'll want to move back home. And Peter's like, well, it was only one date. But right as he says that, he gets a text from James asking to see him again and go skiing tomorrow. Mm. And the family cheers. Again, like, way too involved. I'd be like, you guys, can you back the fuck up? Yeah. Um... (laughs) And they, like, crowd around Peter, kind of. Um, But we see that Nick looks a little bit bummed out in the background. And the nieces notice this, and they're like, fuck James. Yeah, so it's... But it is still, like... And this will come up more and more in the movie. But it's like, quit ushering him to go so fucking much if it makes you sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Communicate. Anyway. Peter's dad asks Nick how he feels about the whole situation. This is while Peter's not around. And Nick is kind of dismissive about it. Like, oh, no, it's, it's, like, not a thing. And his dad goes, well, I've always thought that you and Peter should be the ones who end up together and was like, kind of seems like he wasn't on board for the mom setting them up on this date. He says that as Peter's father, he can tell that he's always happiest when he's with Nick. Nick says, well, we're just best friends. Like, that's why he's so happy when he's around me, because we're friends. And Peter's dad is like, well, that's how I feel about my wife. Like, we're best friends, which is a good fucking point. And the teen nieces, again, are, like, kind of eavesdropping on this conversation, and they say, we agree with Grandpa. (laughs) And they tell Nick they think that he and Peter should be together. And he kind of, like, smirks. Like, it seems like he's a little bit invested in the idea, but not getting his hopes up type of a situation. Okay. The next morning, Peter walks in wearing a very outdated ski outfit. Like, it's clear this is something he hasn't (laughs) worn in years. And he says the last time he wore it was when he was 17. So, like... Good for you for still fitting in that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And Peter says it's a sign that he's not supposed to go on his date because the outfit's horrible and that would be so embarrassing. But Nick is like, no, it's fine. Like, again, here's him ushering him out. And he's like, I I like spending time with your family. It's fine. And he convinces him to go. And he's like, well, you already have the outfit on. And I already agreed to take the kids to the pageant rehearsal. It's fine. Go on your ski date. At the pageant rehearsal... Aunt Sandy is trying to get the kids organized and have a proper rehearsal, but she can't wrangle any of the kids, and she's doing a really bad job, and the rehearsal's going very badly. <laughs> Nick watches nearby, and one of the nieces, whose name is Daniela, it doesn't really matter. I, they're always together, so yeah. they're basically one character. Daniela and Danielle. <laughs> Danielle and then uh. And uh. Yeah. Daniela tries to convince Nick. Daniela to- and Daniela's sister. <laughs> it really sometimes do be like that, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daniela tries to convince Nick to take her out of the rehearsal so they can go rescue Peter from the date. And Nick asks her how she knows that he actually needs to be rescued from the date. And she says that he just doesn't realize it yet. And once Nick shows up, he'll realize that they're the ones who are supposed to be together, to be together all along. And then the other niece, whose name is Sophia, but it doesn't, doesn't I will really never remember that. <laughs> she comes over and tells Nick that he has to give a gift to Peter... It's weird that he hasn't gotten him a gift, and, well, Nick says, him and Peter have a long history of not getting each other gifts. They've actually never spent Christmas together. 
Meanwhile, Peter and James are on their date. They're taking a ski lift, and Peter tells James all about Nick and how they met nine years ago, and they've been best friends ever since. James asks him if Nick and him have ever been together, and Peter says, mm, no. He tells James that he doesn't get to spend very much time with his family and that his family is hoping that he'll move back. And James tells him that he guesses New Hampshire, though, isn't like a great place for the kind of work that he does. And Peter tells him that he wouldn't actually really miss his job very much because his actual passion is plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perfect for a small town. Mm-hmm. Back at the house, Nick is reading Saving Emmett to one of the kids. And there's a drawing of the apartment in the book. And it looks just like the apartment we saw earlier. Mm. And the kids are like, wait, is that your real apartment where you live with Uncle Peter? And he says, yes. The kids ask him when it was that him and Uncle Peter got married. And he's like kind of laughing. He's like, no, no, it's not. We're not living together because we're married. Like, we're just friends, whatever. The kids are like a little bit confused about this. But he just like, you know, moves on because they're kids. He's not trying to explain to him like the whole ins and outs of their relationship. And they say that he needs to write a sequel to the book, and Peter can be in it too, and they give him some ideas about a story that they could write for a sequel. One of them being that it needs to be about Christmas. Peter and James are finishing up on the slopes. Seems like they're having a really good time. And when they get to the bottom and take off their skis, James pulls Peter in for a kiss. It's actually like pretty, it was pretty cool. Like it was a cute, it was a good kiss. It's like just kind of random and out of the blue, and he kisses him, and it's like, they seem pretty into each other. Like After getting off the ski lift or going down the slopes? Going down the slopes. Okay. Yeah. Exhilarating. Adrenaline. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like kind of exciting. And they decide they're going to hang out some more, but Peter gets a text from the girls and it's another cute picture of Nick with everybody. And so he's like, you know what? I need to go home. I really miss being around my family. Like, that's the whole reason you're home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And James understands. He's not, like, an asshole guy. Everyone in the movie's very nice. Oh, okay. And he drives him to his place, and Peter tells James he had a really good time. And then he gets out of the car. Peter heads up the steps, and Nick is outside to meet him and asks how the date was. Peter's talking about how it was, like, pretty good. But, and Nick's trying to be supportive, but we can tell he's, like, kind of disappointed, you know. And this scene, honestly, goes on for a very long time, because stuff is happening inside while this is happening outside. And, like, everyone inside is talking about them and how just from an outsider's perspective, they just look like a good couple the way that they're talking outside, like they have chemistry and stuff. And they say that they're in love, but they don't realize it yet. But Peter's mom is kind of still like, well, hey, I set him up with James, so she's trying to root for that to work. And she kind of isn't agreeing with what everybody else is saying. And the rest of the family's like, sure, but also I don't agree in this situation. (laughs) And they're kind of, like, talking about how they're going to try to force them to spend more time together. It's New Hampshire. It's Christmas. It's so romantic. It's not their usual, like, day-to-day lives where they, you know, are friends. These are different circumstances, maybe, where they would fall in love. Okay. Outside, Peter tells Nick that he thinks he actually does want to move back to New Hampshire. And Nick seems kind of concerned, and he's like, wow, this you must really like this guy. And Peter says, I guess, maybe, I don't know. I just think that it's kind of the last straw that broke the camel's back, and... When I think about it, what do I actually have in L.A.? Sure, there's, like, a lot of people that I like in L.A., but you're the only person that I love. And Nick says, well, if you did, I would really miss you. Just then, Aunt Sandy pulls up in a cab. She's pretty drunk. (laughs) And she she walks past Peter and Nick and into the family room where everybody's, like, finishing up their conversation about meddling in Peter's love life to announce that the pageant is a giant load of crap on a stick. (laughs) 
that's when Lisa gets the idea to get Nick and Peter to help Aunt Sandy out with the pageant so they can spend more time together. That's homophobic. Well, hold what, on. these gays are going to I didn't put this shit in the notes, but there's this whole part of the conversation where she says, just because they're gay doesn't mean they can help with this kind of thing like that. And they're like, no, it's because, like, Peter... Nick like, works in photo shooting. Photo shoot, and, and Nick is really handy. I just didn't include it. Peter works in photo and Nick yeah. is really handy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they also have this part where, like, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a kind of fourth wall break or something like that, where um, Aunt Sandy says... There's a couple of things about gays, and one of them is that they're always obsessed with me, and I don't oh, yeah. really know why. Yeah, that is kind of like a fourth wall break. Yeah. Um, also, like, there's just this really silly part because she's, like, drunk off her ass, and people kind of aren't, like, paying attention to her, and she needs attention. She fucks up the Christmas countdown. Yeah. Or, like, it says however many days till Christmas, she puts one of the, like, a number 10 on there to fuck yeah. it up. That's fun. It's funny. Finally, outside, Peter and Nick are finishing up their conversation, and Peter's really cold, and Nick kindly puts his own earmuffs on Peter's ears, and they say we can, he's like, we can go inside, I'm all done now anyways, and he flicks a switch to show off the amazing Christmas light job that he did on the house, Aww. and they look at it, and it's really amazing and sweet, and Peter sincerely thanks Nick for doing all of this and being so great with his family, and they kind of grab arm in arm and cheer a moment together before going inside. We're now seeing the rehearsal for the nativity play. Aunt Sandy starts to flip her shit because no one is off book. And she's like, I told you guys, if you didn't get off book, that I was going to play any of the parts for people who aren't off book. And no one is. (laughs) So it turns into like a a one-woman show where she like walks around the stage to play everybody's fucking parts. And it's so dramatic. She is a treasure. And Mm -hmm. when she's done with that scene, she goes, that's how it's done. Peter then offers himself and Nick to help the production, and we get this little Christmas montage of, like, the days leading up to Christmas, so we see the little Christmas countdown, counting down the days, and they're, like, bonding, they're building sets, they're making costumes, they're helping at rehearsal, very cute, with some Christmas music, shows them bonding with the kids and stuff, and the montage ends as Nick and Peter work with the nephews on their lines, so they're kind of at, like, a little diner now, and Peter's, like moves the Christmas cookies that are on the table away from them. He's like, uh-uh, you can't have any cookies so you get all your lines correctly. Uh, but as this is happening, he gets a phone call from work, and he answers it, and it, like, seems like he's kind of upset. And we find out that they said they won't be using his ad campaign, and now he has, like, less than a day to figure out something new. They were going for, like, a more natural look, and it's too modely, and they want to showcase real people. Let me yeah. guess. He's going to take photos of his family or something and then send it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so later at home... <laughs> with his dad and he basically says what Kimmy just said about what they want and they want to get real people but he goes that's just like another way to say we still want them to look like models and Peter's like well have you seen Nick he's hot as hell and he's like he's literally a 10 which is just funny because it's a movie so of course Nick is hot as hell yeah it's just funny that it's like oh wow how easy that I found the hottest person alive isn't James hot too and James is hot hot as hell And so, yeah, so Peter's like, that's actually a really good idea, Dad. And he, like, ropes Nick into doing this. And Nick is just doing stuff outside. So he's, like, chopping wood. And he's taking all these photos. And it's just so funny because when you see the photos, they're literally, like, they look like professional Target ads. Yeah. Of hot people, like, I'm wearing a sweater. I'm smiling with this axe. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
And then he's like, you know what? Because this is for the the razor, like that's what this whole ad is for. He does the shaving cream beard thing, like they did earlier. Oh, so but he, outside. So he does that outside with Nick. And then Nick even like it turns playful, where Nick like slaps some shaving cream on Peter, and then he's like, let me take some pictures of you. And again, all the pictures look beautiful because both of them are like attractive men. And he goes, wait, wait, wait. This is a uh, Peter. He goes, wait, wait, wait. I have a great idea. I want you on the count of three to blow out for me so that I can like get your fog in the picture, like the breath. Yeah. And he goes to take the picture and the music is kind of like, because <laughs> it's a, a moment. <laughs> it's a little moment. <laughs> the Hobbit music? Yeah. <laughs> I was doing the Hobbit music. <laughs> the Shire. <laughs> and so... Nick breathes out and he takes the picture and he has to like take a second because he's like, whoa. He doesn't say whoa. My best friend is hot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's hot. This is hot. Then this lovely moment is interrupted by James texting Peter and saying we should go get drinks tonight. But obviously Peter's kind of like having a moment. Yeah. And Nick is like, no, you, you should go. And he's like, I don't really want to go. And it's this whole, this whole scene where it's so weird because Peter's like, why do you want me to go? He's like, I think you want to go. He's like, I think you want me to want to go. And they, this is the first time where he's tried to convince him to go where they both feel like uncomfortable about it, where it doesn't seem natural. They both seem like they're trying to do what they think the other person wants. Yeah. And they both kind of leave the situation a little bit like unhappy, but he decides to go. Halfway point. Thank God. (laughs) I was like, how much is left? Yeah. Okay. So he's going to go on the date. But it's not going to go well, and it's going to make him realize what he's missing. I think there's going to be some sort of a line where James, who is the one he's not going to end up with, yeah. is going to make some comment about how he loves fake Christmas trees, and that the real <laughs> ones are gross. And he's going to be like, I've made a mistake! <laughs> and he's going to so leave. <laughs> um, maybe there's going to be some cheesy aspect of, like, that it culminates with them going to this holiday show. Mm. And maybe uh, the lead, Peter, will, like, get up on stage to declare his love for mm. Nick. There's going to be some sort of family kerfluffle. I feel like there hasn't really been drama yet where it's, like, they're going to have to have it out or something. Mm. But maybe they will. They end up together. I don't know. Guys, go. Just finish the movie. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Listen, you already predicted the whole movie earlier. So. Yeah. Oh, and then want? obviously they, they open up their, their plant store. Does it have a fun name that I can guess? I don't think they tell us the name. I don't think they tell Stupid. us the name. Stupid. We're just like confirming that there's going to be a plant store. <laughs> and by that I mean there is. if there were a plant store. I mean, yeah. hypothetically, if there oh. were. Oh, but also, so like Saving Emmett's going to have a sequel set in New Hampshire, Christmas Town. It's going to be like Emmett's Christmas. Okay, continuing on. Nick leaves to do a task rabbit gig, but runs into the nieces on the way out. They find out that Peter went to go get a drink with James, and they're fucking pissed. <laughs> they call Lisa to ask her, you know, if they're at her bar. It's established earlier that Lisa's family owns a bar, and Fun. that's like the only really bar in town, really. Yeah. Okay. Ask them if um, if they're on a date there, and she's like, yeah, and it's not good. James is super hot. <laughs> And the girls say, oh my god, I hate James. <laughs> they instruct her to ruin their date if, if they can't, if she can't. Cut to the date at the bar, and Peter is endlessly bragging about Nick. It's like, well, he talks about. Mm-hmm. James mentions how much he brings up Nick, and Peter re- realizes that he kind of does. And that's kind of embarrassing. I'm sorry. 
All of a sudden, Lisa runs into them with a plate of food, and he spills it. She spills it all over James, and it's like, Peter! Oh no! Oh my God! It's your fault. He's been, he's always been so clumsy. He's always been clumsy. This guy. She says like it's just like him, and he only ever thinks about himself and not focusing on the world around him, and it's like it's clearly her fault. <laughs> Says she's like, it reminds me of the time that Peter accidentally ruined her science project when she was 11. And she says the worst part was, she says the worst part is that she'd figured out how to stop the polar ice caps from melting. <laughs> now we have climate change, thanks to Peter. <laughs> I like love that. best joke of the movie. That is yeah. really good. <laughs> the girls find Nick at his task rabbit job, and they remove the ladder that he's using until he admits that he has feelings for Jane. That's for Peter. dangerous. <laughs> They threaten to leave with the ladder, and he blurts out, Okay, I am in love with Peter. And he says he doesn't think Peter feels the same way, though. He says he doesn't think Peter feels the same way, though, and that he wouldn't be on a date with another guy if the feeling was mutual. Cut to after the date, so it's kind of dark outside now, and James and Peter are walking. They're kind of discussing the Nick situation. Again, James is a nice guy. He's really just genuinely curious about like their relationship and stuff. And Peter describes how all his family and friends think that they should be together, but he doesn't really feel like he sees it. And James is like, well, maybe if you guys are really this close, you should rethink what your relationship is like. Maybe it's just you've gotten so used to being friends and you've never really like thought about it. Maybe it would be a good thing or something. And Peter is like, well, if Nick were that into me, he wouldn't have urged me to go on this date so badly. Like, he keeps wanting me to go. It's like, just talk about your feelings. Mm-hmm. While they're in the thick of this conversation... Peter's boss texts him and he's like, I love the photos. I want more. So he loves the hot family and friends of Peter. (laughs) And um, so then Peter is like, okay, you can say no to this, but James, hottest person I've ever seen, would you like to participate in this photo shoot thing with me? And he's like, oh yeah, for sure. So they run into a little drugstore, grab some shaving cream and take pictures around the town with all the little like Christmas decorations. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? He goes, James... I want you to breathe out on the count of three, and I'm going to take a picture to catch the fog mm, in your It breath. doesn't hit the same way, does it? And guess what? It don't fucking hit the same. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> There's a sound effect that goes... <laughs> it's kind of like... It's not sad, but there was definitely a spark when we first met James, and now it's clear that he's like, boo, this hot guy's boring. This is so interesting that it's like, he's not... The worst. He's not. It's like a very, yeah. you're a middle person. You're a, you're a fine person, and yeah. you're very hot, but you're not my best I, I don't really watch rom-coms, but it's usually extremes. It's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Peter returns home, it's really late, so everybody's asleep, and his nieces are sleeping in his bed. How convenient. The only bed left. Oh. So he's got to wow. go snuggly snuggle with Nick, and as he leaves the room, the twin, the, the sisters are awake, and they high-five. They're devious. I like that. I know. They're funny. Um, and so he goes into Nick's bed and kind of like accidentally wakes Nick up and he's like, what? And he's like, they're sleeping in my bed. And, and also fucking Nick is shirtless and he's like ripped and has a big tattoo. It's like, all right. Ooh, <laughs> of what? I don't remember. I don't remember either. No. Um, I pointed out that the bed they're sharing isn't even a queen. It's a full. That's so really small. So they're so close together. Yeah, that's tiny. The next morning, the nieces have decided to create their own Virgin Mary and Wolf outfits because those are their characters. The Wolf? Yep. The Wolf. Is like that not a part? <laughs> That's, what? Is no! One of the fucking there's, there's animals, animals, right? Yeah. yeah, but they were like sheep. 
There's a wolf. Wait, earlier she's supposed to be a donkey. There was a donkey. There was a donkey, there's a sheep, there's a camel, but there weren't fucking wolves. <laughs> Maybe she, I swear she was a wolf. I mean, she has one of those, like, <laughs> one of those rave hats that is, like, furry on the yeah. top with the attached paws. Yeah. Wow. It looks very wolf-like, but I think the intention is that maybe she's, like, they say a donkey. Wolf. Not anyway. my nativity scene. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, the point is that the outfits are, like, extremely risque. They've got these short-ass skirts. <laughs> They've got their midriff showing. They're wearing tons of makeup. And Peter comes downstairs, and he's, like, caught off guard and upsettingly, this is my least favorite joke in the movie. He goes, ho, ho, ho. Oh. And I was like, all oh, right. They already made that joke, though. <laughs> they, did they did, at the fucking party earlier. It doesn't hit. And it's just like, I don't know, They're it's children. more uncomfortable this time. Peter said this? Yeah. Like, Peter, jail time. <laughs> <laughs> jail time. Okay, it gets weirder, actually. The nephews now, who are, like, younger than the twin. Oh. The, younger than the They're sisters. gonna hit on their cousins. <laughs> so they walk in, and the mom is like, oh, gotta go, because she's trying to, like, shield her boys from the risque cousins. But the boys are like, no, let me stay. And I'm like, are you, like, into your cousins? <laughs> like, it seemed, that's not necessarily what they're implying, but it seemed like the little boys were like, no, I want to stay. And it's like, those are your cousins. Yeah, I don't like Maybe that. Maybe they just want attention or, like, want to be involved in what's going yeah. on. But, like, it came it across as one of those jokes where it's like, we're boys and we like girls with short skirts. But they're cousins. <laughs> Peter fixes the girls' outfits and... They even, like, use the sister's farm-on-my-face makeup to put their proper makeup on so they look nicer and more natural. And Yeah. She's like, don't forget to hashtag farm-on-my-face. And he's like, okay. <laughs> we'll never. <laughs> they ask him about his feelings for Nick. He says that he has had feelings for Nick in the past, but them being in a relationship doesn't really make sense to him. If he ends up moving back here, there's no way Nick would want to come. Mm-hmm. He also doesn't want to risk their friendship if the relationship doesn't work out. But he says if it did work out, it would be magical. He says he wouldn't have to be single on Christmas anymore and asks, Santa, can you hear me? Because it reminds the girls that they have, they, them three, have a choreographed routine to the Britney Spears song, Santa, can you hear me? I've never heard that song. (laughs) I'm sure you have. I'm sure you have. Interesting. They perform the dance number. (laughs) They're dancing and the nephews and Nick over here and they come up to watch. One of the nieces whispers to Nick that they talk to Peter about his feelings and the feeling is mutual. Okay. He and the nephews join in the dancing. It's very cute. It's very Christmassy. It's the day of the Christmas play. Nick and Peter are off stage, kind of watching as part of the crew. There was a montage earlier about them helping out, so like the, the play is ready. Nick and Peter are off to the side. They're kind of watching as part of the crew. And James has come to the play as well and notices them kind of cuddling up next to each other hmm. as they watch the show. Peter's parents also notice this, and they both agree that they look like a good couple, just okay. like they thought. Then stop along. meddling. Yeah, right? Um, so Peter and Nick are in this, like, kitchen area kind of chatting about how the play went, and they're both really proud of how it came together and, like, the fact that they helped put it together. And they hug in celebration of it. And Nick realizes this is a good moment, and he's like, Peter, I have something to say. He's like, whoa, you first named me. It's like a big deal. And he works up the courage to say, I love you. Oh. And Peter's like, oh, I love you too. And he's like, no, no, I'm in love with you. And Peter's kind of confused because he's like, well, then why were you encouraging me to go on dates with James? I don't understand. And Nick is like, well, I didn't really realize how much I loved you until you told me you were going to leave L.A. And like the way that I felt when you said that was a kind of devastation I don't think I would feel if I just thought of you as a friend. And Peter's like, well, 
my concern is that it would ruin our friendship. And they kind of have this like, well, do you want to try? Do you not want to try? I don't, I don't know. But before they get the chance to discuss it further, fucking James comes back there to congratulate them on the play. Stupid James. And he's like, have you guys seen? We're blowing up on Instagram. Not for the play, but for their ad campaign. Mm -hmm. And so it's pictures of each of them with the little fake beards of shaving cream. And it's getting so much hit. There's so, I don't know why I said it like I'm fucking 50 and don't know anything about <laughs> They're Instagram. getting all the hits. They're getting, the They're getting all the clouts. <laughs> <laughs> they got the clouts. Um, yeah, so it's getting like shared and liked a lot. And, um, <laughs> Is it going virals? <laughs> it's going, it's going virals. Um, <laughs> and they're like, we should celebrate. And they find out that a bunch of the family and friends are going to that bar and Nick is like, oh, yeah, like, you guys go. I'll meet you there. Um, I actually got a call from the doggy hotel, so I should probably, like, take that, and then I'll, I'll meet you guys there. But we find out that's not actually why he's leaving. He's leaving because Nick is not going to go meet them at the bar. As Peter and James head down to the bar, we see Nick packing up his things at the house to leave. James and Peter talk about the Instagram pictures blowing up while they're at the bar, and Peter makes kind of an offhand comment that James should go to L.A. to be a fitness influencer while his fame is relevant. He got to jump on that shit. James actually likes this idea and considers it. And Peter says this kind of fame is fleeting, so, you know, he should go if, it, if it's his only chop. But James reminds him that it would mean they couldn't be together since Peter wants to move back home. And James says he isn't offended and, and Peter needs to hear himself say that they shouldn't be together one way or the other because... Kind of notice that they're not really a good fit. It's really nice of James. He takes it really well. He does. He's, He's like, like, he basically ushers him to leave him. He's like, all right, well, so you don't really want to be with me then. And they've also only like been on like two dates. It's so that's, yeah. that's nice. In the course of like a week. So. Yeah. We then see Sandy at the bar talking to Carol about the show. Carol gives her genuine compliments, which then leads Sandy to say that they should take it on tour. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy then says that she has to go because she'd been making eyes at someone across the bar the entire time and she wants to get on that. She walks over to that someone and immediately starts hitting on James. I figured, yeah. (laughs) Carol quickly gets up and goes, oh no, no. (laughs) Carol tells her that James, James plays for the other team. And Sandy, being the woke bitch she is, says people are all sorts of things and... She might still have a shot with James. Okay. <laughs> Carol drags her away. James basically tells Peter that he should be with Nick. Yeah. Nick then is leaving the house, and he types into his phone, Holiday Inn Express, Boston Logan Airport, and leaves the house. It says it's going to be a two-hour and seven-minute drive, but then he gets a TaskRabbit assignment for painting, and is like, maybe I should go do that on the way out. Back at the bar, Peter tells James everything he needs is right here in New Hampshire, his family, and Nick. Like, that's basic. I don't need my stupid career. I don't need to live in L.A. Peter's like, but that's really scary. And James is like, well, sometimes it's worth it, you know, to, like, leap in and go for something that's risky or scary. Nick did decide to do the painting job, and he finds out when he gets there that it's for this, like, old man who's selling his hardware store, and he's been, like... The hardware store guy for his whole life, basically. Is that Santa? Oh, no. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Um, But the old man says it was his pride and joy, but now it's time to retire that part of my life. And he's like, the paint job is just the last thing I have to do before putting this place on the market. Peter then rushes home looking for Nick because he hasn't been answering any of his texts, and he finds a note on Nick's bed. 
And so he types into his phone, Boston Logan International Airport, which isn't exactly what we saw Nick type in earlier, but presumably that's the same place. On his drive to the airport, he notices the rental car. Like, they're, he's barely, oh. he's not even out of the town yet, and he sees yeah. the rental car. So he's like, oh, shit. And so, yeah, so he pulls over, and he, like, dramatically runs in, and he's like, Nick, why weren't you answering any of my calls or texts? And he's like, I literally just texted you back. <laughs> and he looks at his phone, and he goes, oh, well, what took you so long? He was like, well, I, I was painting. I didn't see it. And he opens his phone, and he goes, it was only eight minutes ago that you texted me. <laughs> yeah, so that was a cute little, a little exchange. Nick then says he has a Christmas present for Peter, even though they don't normally do that. Nick says he bought the store and paid for the first six months of the rent. Oh my god. <laughs> so Peter can move back here and start his plant store. Yay. Yay. It's way too big of a gift. It's huge. <laughs> it's Especially without talking to someone about it. And without him buying him a gift. Yeah. Peter then finally admits that he loves Nick back. He just needed little extra help to figure that out. They then discuss the misunderstanding of Peter thinking Nick wouldn't want to move here and Nick wondering why he didn't ask him and to communicate is a very important thing. And Peter admits he wasn't communicating properly because he was scared about the whole thing. Nick yells, well, I'm scared too. And Peter grabs his face and kisses him. Yay. And the music swells. It's very adorable. They then joke about the store and how they'll need each other to make it successful. Peter says, what I really need. Is you. The scene changes to the family opening their presents and having the merriest old time. The music quiets as Peter and Nick tell the nephews that they have one more present for them to open. It's from Nick and it's his composition notebook with the sequel to Saving Emmett and it's entitled Emmett at the Christmas Hotel. Yeah. Yeah. This little spoiler loving kid flips through the last page to read the very end of the of the book. <laughs> it says, then Nick and Peter and Emmett moved to New Hampshire. Wow. Peter then says seriously to the family that Nick and Peter and their dog Emmett are going to move back home to New Hampshire and the whole family cheers and cries and hugs each other. And they have a very merry Christmas. And that's the end. The only, uh, like, I maybe wanted to watch it for research, but I was worried that there would be, like, jokes that I would want to steal or something, so I didn't want to watch mm-hmm. it. But um, Drag Queens Trixie Mattel and Katya did a reaction oh. video to this oh. whole movie. Oh, that sounds fun. So go watch that. I bet it's funny. I want to go watch it. Maybe I'll watch that instead of this movie. Instead of this movie. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably bring it to the rack. Yeah. You need. Yeah. yeah, I'll bring that to the rack. Yeah. <laughs> crazy but i did not even think about ever even rating this movie until like one just minute. now yeah. <laughs> honestly i didn't either. it blew right past my brain <laughs> uh so yeah we're gonna do ratings now i guess i'm gonna do a picture ratings in three two one okay okay, okay. High. i feel safe excuse you <laughs> okay corny i gave it a five i gave it a three i gave it a six Okay, you know what? Fuck you guys, because last year I was, like, so upset because didn't all of you give my Santa, like, a two? <laughs> Not probably. <laughs> and I was trying to, like, scale it down, and so I gave it, I think, like, maybe a four or something, but I just felt bad. So I'm glad Kayleen <laughs> rated it higher than me. Spoiler, I feel that's why I gave it a higher score. It's yeah. not my Santa. No, exactly. Like, I'm going off of the fact that that whole 
hour plus explanation. I never even thought about a rating because I was just kind of like invested. It was yeah. fun. It was fine. It was whatever. But knowing what it is and what we're going yeah. for here, like, yeah, it's a five. Something that's interesting is Kayleen gave Happy Season a five. Did I? You did. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave it a nine. <laughs> and it's just interesting because it's like, are they that different? Kind of no, mm-hmm. but it's like the star power behind Happiest Season. Yeah. Clea Duvall directing, Kristen Stewart, Aubrey Plaza, Mackenzie Davis acting. Like that, which is very near and dear to my heart and that I love and that I'm willing to give a high rating. It's kind of like that has this star power potential. It has like... Hulu is on par with Netflix. It's still a major mm-hmm. streaming service, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't have people I love in it. I don't know any of these people. Yeah, there's nothing special about this movie, but it's a five because it's a Christmas movie. Kimmy G. <laughs> what do you want from it? Yeah, it is what it is. It's there. It's not happiest season. I'm ready to talk when Kimmy's through. Okay. Okay. I have things to say. Okay, sure. okay. Yeah, no, I give it a three. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit with you here, Courtney. I don't think that the only thing that made it not that great of a film was the fact that it didn't have a star-studded cast, because you're right, there are a lot of similarities oh, to happy sure. season. I think a lot of it had to do with, like, the directing and the writing. That wasn't my entire. Oh. That wasn't my entire soapbox I was standing on because yeah, I don't. No. I don't care about the other things. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, you like you haven't had the opportunity to see you know the directing and the writing you're doing it from us. Fortunately, I'm not going to be watching this, guys. I think that this film could have been a lot shorter. And it's, it sucks because when we were watching it, I was, like, really trying to get myself into it. And maybe got gave Kayleen the impression that I enjoyed it more than I did, I think. Mm. I was like, aw, cute. You know, because it's corny, it's silly, it's, you know, you have to, like, you know, get in well, the Well, the thing is, watching movies with you is confusing because you'll fucking cry at commercials. So you were, like, yeah, tearing yeah, up and exactly. stuff. And so I'm like, was, she I loves was. it. There was just an overabundance of extraneous dialogue. And I thought that the movie suffered for it. And... I thought everybody did a good job, and and I think a problem also was having Jennifer Coolidge and Kathy and Jimmy in it, because I felt like they were trying to get them to play to their strengths, mm. and they were not, like I felt. Weirdly, I like didn't care about Jennifer Coolidge at all. Yeah, and yeah. and that's all. That's that's my thoughts and feelings. Okay, yeah. So, as the self-proclaimed Christmas movie expert... I think you are, yeah. Above, because above I've us. seen so many stupid fucking Christmas movies on purpose. Because they're <laughs> funny and I love them. That's not my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I've seen so many where they're, like, so bad that this movie, before we started the explanation, I was like, how are we going to fucking talk about this? Like, I know it's not amazing, but it's too good. Like, it's too good. Yeah. My like, Santa was yeah. so bad that I was like, easy peasy. And this one, I'm like, give me more stuff to be like, this movie fucking blows. And instead, I was like, I'm laughing at your climate change joke because that was funny. Like, the, yeah. All my stuff to talk about was about the movie genuinely doing or failing at things rather than it just being a shit show. Mm-hmm. Which it's um, not. It's not a shit it's show. It's not. No, yeah. It's not a shit show. And I guess the thing, um, I think Happiest Season is a better movie, but it's also... That seems like more of a movie trying to be a good movie, and this seems more like we're trying to be in the campy, silly Hallmark movies. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? it's not that. So, like, were they really trying to be just, like, goofy and it didn't hit? I mean, when they have lines like, I want to be cardiac arrested, I was like, that's the shit I came here for. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, 
I don't know. Like, I never, while watching it, felt like it was trying to be a good movie, but it also, like, wasn't bad enough to be so funny bad. More appropriately, this movie's probably a five, because it's not a bad movie. It's not a good movie. It's there. But I think the reason that I gave it a six, like, just bumped it up slightly higher, is I did appreciate some of the tropes that they went away from. It didn't feel overtly like, I'm trying to subvert your expectations. It was more just like, I was expecting a trope and they would do it and then be like, nah, that's stupid. We're not fucking stupid. <laughs> sure. yeah. And so I, there was good to it. No, it is not an amazing movie, but for what it is, I feel like it was, I was kind of pissed it wasn't worse. Good. That's a wrap. Oh my goodness. Can you believe it? That was round 12. Wow. Love it. We'll get to our rap stuff in a bit, but before that, we're going to do watch list ads and recommendations from this episode. All right, Kayleen here. My watch list ad. Matrix comes out on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm going to go see it. I don't know if it'll be good, but I'm excited. Daniel and I are going to see it together, and I can't wait. My recommendation is probably the movie for me that started it all. It was with my cousin Carly. Years ago on oh, Thanksgiving no. <laughs> in the liminal space. It's a movie that has not one, not two, three different titles that it goes by. You can find it by saying Christmas Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> which um, I think another movie is now called that. So it's harder to find this ancient title for the movie. Okay. But you can also find it by Googling A Christmas Crush. I think that's the most popular one. But recently, a third title has made its way to the surface, which is Holiday High School Reunion. Anyway, that's where that's where it all started, and it's got um, what's his name, Jonathan Bennett. That's his name, right? Yeah. From mean Girls. Very that's happy the for movie you. for this occasion. Okay, for my watch list ads, I'm going to add blue is the warmest color, and um, but also the Family Stone. <laughs> you know, I'm having a really hard time finding a Christmas movie to recommend because I just don't do that. Love. <laughs> Actually, no. I, I honestly <laughs> hate Love Actually. I've never even seen it, but I like how much you hate it. Hate <laughs> okay, Love Actually. <laughs> you would um, love the Family Stone, I think. I think I would. Yeah, you know, I, I'd like to watch it this year. Um, so I guess um, I'm gonna recommend because I really don't have a stockpile of these uh-huh. things. Remember that movie we oh, watched? God. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Spirit of Christmas, where he's like a prince at your sister's house. Oh, my sister's. Oh. Yeah. Are you sure it was called that? I think it was. The Spirit of Christmas. And he's oh, like he's a ghost, a ghost from like ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it this. fucking is. Spirit yeah. of Christmas. Spirit of Christmas. <laughs> Look at this fucking basic looking man. <laughs> oh, he's kind of cute he though. He is cute. He is Is cute. that Lacey Chabert? <laughs> yeah, like that was like a bad good yeah. Christmas yeah. movie. I feel like. Okay. Campy, campy City. Yeah. yeah. Camp City. Yeah. I love it. Okay, Courtney here, adding to my watch list. I'm very excited for the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. <laughs> is it actually a whole parody movie? It's TV series, I believe. Wow. It's a TV series, yeah. And I'm so excited. So this is Kristen Bell parodying the woman in the window slash the girl on the train slash every other fictional book turned movie with that premise That's of woman, wild. girl, lady, whatever in the title. Yeah. I love it. And it's just also like so cruel though that freaking Netflix buys the woman in the window right. when 20th Century Fox is murdered and now they're doing this and they're making fun of it. But it it's was like, like it's your own movie, you freaks. Yeah, it was pure and also just the fact that like Kristen Bell and Amy Adams have been my mom for decades now <laughs> and they're just being mean to each other. But whatever, I'm really excited for it. Um, that comes out in January, 
And I'm prepared to laugh. I love, you know how much I love that camp shit of just like, uh, what is it, spoofy, meta Mm -hmm. nonsense. I'm really pumped for it. For my recommendation this week, I'm going to have to go with three wrecks. Wow. Get ready. Get ready, because here's my reasoning. I I blew it too soon last year recommending Happiest Season. Mm. It wasn't gay enough, my Santa, so it should have been this year. I should (laughs) have saved it. My next recommendation, both of you recommended movies from Sissy's House, so I gotta recommend Night of the Demons. Night of the Demons. (laughs) The only movie I've watched at Sissy's House is Night of the Demons and Krampus. And I fell asleep during Krampus. That's so funny. And then my true recommendation for the... Uh, for the week is um, Just Friends, mm. which came to me as you were discussing. Um, I'm sorry it's heterosexual, but Just Friends is Ryan Reynolds, Amy Smart, and Anna Ferris. And mm. Anna Ferris is a gay icon. She deserves the world. Yeah. That movie was like my lifeblood throughout high school. It's so good. It's a rom-com set at Christmas time, ending up in a small town. Have you seen it before? I've seen it, but I was like little. Oh my god, it's it's fire, and I've had a crush on Christopher Marquette since I was probably 13. He's in Barry. Oh yeah. As the Marine in season one. I love Christopher Marquette. He's a honey. He's an alpha dog. Oh. Yeah. I love Just Friends. It's a really good movie. Cool. Yeah. You can catch us in 2022, January, for our rap episode of round 12. What are we doing in round 12's rap? Dang. I might watch Dora, because I don't think I'm going to watch The Lodge. The Lodge is your other option, or The Eyes of Tammy Faye? That one was really hard to find. I was looking it up, like, on... Go for Dora. I'm going to be doing Blowout. Kayleen explained Blowout, and I have the DVD already from the library. I'm the Criterion Collection. Sick. So, Kimmy, your options are also Dora, Party Monster, which you might like, because of Macaulay. Is that it? Or... Blowout. Blow mm-hmm. Yeah, you got three. Um, I'll watch Dora. I'll watch it with you. Okay. I think that'll oh, be fun. Cute. That'll be fun. That's what we're doing next time. Catch yeah. us then. Maybe we'll have a game or a countdown or some shiznit. Something. We'll, figure it out. we'll do something. We'll figure it out. Surprise. Surprise. Give us suggestions. Yeah. I bet by the time you give us suggestions, we won't have even sure. started Sure. This recording. is for the real fans. If you're hearing this right now, ask us a fucking question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, give us anything. If you find a fucking quiz you want us to take, if you find a game you think would be fun, we're open to it all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Doesn't mean we'll do it, but we're open. <laughs> we <laughs> might ignore a, you. Shoot us a review. We'll give you a shout out. Not pandering, but we will. <laughs> we're the worst podcasters. We're asking for five-star reviews at the end. <laughs> You've been here for two hours. Don't you like us? Okay, wait. <laughs> Um, it's Christmas, so, like, if you guys aren't gonna get us real gifts, then you better fucking give us a five-star review, okay? Yes. Please. Merry Christmas to me. Please. <laughs> and, yeah, ask us questions, like, that is really exciting for us when we get questions from you guys, because, you know, if you have something that you'd like us to, like, have a take on, like, in the movie industry, like, we're down to talk about it, it's Or, like, really who fun. did 9-11? <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs>